passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning. What's up? It's Wednesday, June 10th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Brendan Marcello, 24-7 Sports National College Football Writer, as we continue our look at each conference's projected order of finish from Brandon and Today's the Big Ten. So, Brandon, as I bring you in, as you sat down to, to sort this out, I, I would assume Ohio State was a pretty easy one, and, and they were number one in our preseason top 25. That came out Tuesday. But was the rest of the conference difficult, or did, it, did you find it pretty easy? It, it was relatively easy, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I, I'm having a tough time trying to say that Ohio State's going to run through the Big Ten without stumbling, I, I I still think, and I mentioned this in our twenty predictions for twenty twenty. I still think Ohio State, Penn State at the end of near the end of the year is going to end up being like the game of the season, and the winner is going to end up going to the college football playoff and potentially winning the national championship. Um, but having said that, Ohio State I think is going to be able to win the Big Ten, but I think they they might lose a game in the big 10 this year. And it's probably going to be at Penn state where in happy Valley, you know, the Nittany lions, they've been unable to come overcome that hill uh, against Ohio state. They haven't beaten them since 2016, but I'll tell you what, it's on the road. If there's any semblance of a road environment there, we still don't know with coronavirus. I kind of like Penn state's chances and we can go over that here. It's interesting. You talk about Ohio state stumbling because and you, you mentioned 2016, they lost to Penn State. And then 2017 and 2018, those Ohio State seasons were defined by getting a little bit lazy, maybe, yeah. and going on, yeah. a, going on a road game and getting blown out, Iowa and then Purdue. And then last season, we sort of spent the first half of the year waiting for that to happen. And then I think we all sort of realized that this team was a little bit different with Ryan Day and Justin Fields and that that was not going to happen, but Hey, that's, it's an interesting storyline to bring up because that for as much attention as in the, in the mid 2010s as, as Clemson got Ohio state blowing sleepy big 10 West games also became a popular talking point, but you know, we'll, we'll take it from, from the East, as you alluded to Brandon, Ohio state one and Penn state number two. And this is a division that is seen some, some turnover, right? Like we're used to Michigan being in at the two spot. We're used to Michigan state being in the top four. And when lo- and looking at your, at your projected order of finish, I think it's clear that we're, we're sort of seeing not maybe a changing of the guard because Ohio state's still there, but a shift in the landscape of the big 10 East. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, here's the thing. Michigan State, there's a lot of questions, man. The offensive line last year was a mess because of the injuries. Obviously, that doesn't really affect this going to the season, but that ex- that affects cohesiveness, gelling, and the chemistry. There's big quarterback questions. Obviously, there was a coaching change. The three top receivers are gone, and their running game only averaged 3.5 yards per carry. I I don't see a big turnaround where we see Michigan State back in the top half of the Big Ten this year. I just don't, especially after all this stuff we've been through in the offseason with the coronavirus not being able to work with coaches and all that. Um, and you mentioned Michigan. I think Michigan's kind of teetering there. Of, I think there's a wide gap potentially between Ohio State and Penn State and the rest of the conference. Um, and Michigan just so happens to be the top team behind them potentially, uh, at least in the East. Maybe Wisconsin is a little bit better than them, though. I, I, I don't know. But with Michigan, Josh Gaddis has got to get going. With that offense, they got to figure it out. They got to figure out the quarterback position. It's going to be Dylan McCaffrey. It's going to be Joe Milton. Can Milton be a runner if he ends up being the quarterback? Do they just play a two quarterback system? And here's the other thing they only have one starter returning along the offensive line. And then on defense, they got to replace their cornerback. So there's a lot of questions with Michigan. But a lot of people kind of assume, well, Michigan didn't do great last year. So it's just kind of they're bringing in to get the, these guys up for the depth chart, and so obviously they have to be better. I, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. I, I don't think Michigan is going to be a shoe-in, nine-win team this year. And if that's the case, then, of course, we're going to be talking about Jim Harbaugh in the hot seat. Michigan's got a really interesting schedule. No one's talking about the fact they're in Seattle for week one at, at Washington. And then, of course, the Big Ten West draw – they go to Minnesota and they host Wisconsin and it what needs to be a revenge game for them. That marks the low point of their 2019 season that, that blowout loss at one point it was like 35 to zero. So, so in the East you have Ohio state, Penn state and Michigan take us through the rest of it. I really like who you've got at number four, Indiana. And I think they sort of profile maybe as this year's Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far as far as maybe being a 10 or 11 win team, but you know, Indiana had a third best offense in the big 10 last year and they did their starters return. Of course, they got to figure out the quarterback position, but Michael Penix is there. I think he's going to be fine um, after overcoming their shoulder injury last year. Um, And then defensively, I think they have to get better. And number one, because their secondary is a lot more experienced this year and they've got their leading tackler and Micah McFadden back. So I, I like Indiana. Um, I liked them near the end of last season. I think everybody kind of saw what was going on there with the offense and finishing number three in total offense last year and building upon that going into the season. I mean, watch out for Indiana. This is a team that I've, I got picked fourth in the Big Ten East, but I could see them upsetting, you know, a quote-unquote upset of a top-tier team this year and grabbing the attention of the country, but still – um, they're going to have some issues just because of their of their schedule, but they've got the potential, potentially because of that offense to to upset a team or two. Yeah, then you've got Maryland, Michigan State, and Rutgers. It's probably not too much. I mean, you've already delved in on Michigan State a bit. Maryland, it's going to be interesting. Do you remember last year they started off so hot and and we oh man yeah, here we go they're scoring like seventy points, fifty points, and then they what were scoring like fifteen, average fifteen or twelve the rest of the way. 
Yeah, it was we. It was their first top twenty-five ranking in years. We thought good things were really coming from Mike Loxley, and they could could still be. He's recruiting really well. Quarterback is going to be interesting. We'll see if Talia Tungavailoa gets his waiver or if he yeah. factors into the job. If he does, and then Rutgers at seven. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I don't have much to say about Rutgers. But sure, I'll say, about, <laughs> I'll say this about Maryland. Um, I like them bringing in Joker Phillips and Scotty Montgomery to help out with the offense. And then the offensive line returns three starters. That's a great thing to build around. Um, but here's here's the big thing. How big of an impact is five-star Rakeem Jarrett going to have on that offense? Is he going to be a guy that they bring in immediately and go, hey, you're, you're our guy. You got to go out there and catch, you know, four balls, five balls a game or something like that. We'll see. And obviously you mentioned the quarterback position. We'll, we'll see. Um, if if he gets the waiver, I mean, even so, I think they're going to improve this year. I still think Maryland's probably two years off because, as you mentioned, they are recruiting like heck right now. And Jarrett, being the five-star he is a receiver, is kind of like the tip of the iceberg of what Loxley's doing there on the recruiting trail. And fan, Maryland fans, I'll say this, be patient because maybe not this year, maybe even not next year. Maybe they'll inch up a little bit next year. But two years from now, mm, Maryland could be uh, could be nastier than a lot of people think. Yeah, Rakeem Jarrett made, uh, made a relationship with, with Stephon Diggs on the recruiting trail, and they're hoping he's the next Stephon Diggs five-star guy who balls out. The College Football Daily will be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let's move to the Big Ten West. I wonder if you were tempted at all, if anyone, when they're making their Big Ten West orders of finishes, hey, let's change things up. Let's let's yeah. move Wisconsin off the top line, but there's too much to overcome. Yeah, well, I did I did struggle with that. And I I I just because of the schedule, I went with Wisconsin over Minnesota in the West. That said, I mean, I still almost picked Minnesota to win the West. It was really close because I, I, I don't know. But the reason why I picked Wisconsin over Minnesota is the defensive line. It's just really, really good. Um, their offensive line, they got to fill three starting spots. At, but the whole stereotypical thing we say about Wisconsin is they just bring in offensive line. It doesn't matter. And they always produce. Um, they're going to be fine at quarterback with Jack Cohn back. Um, but how do you replace Jonathan Taylor? I mean, goodness gracious. Um, Wisconsin has a great history of one offensive lineman, as I mentioned earlier, and two running backs. But I, I don't know if they've got someone that maybe could even be a step below Jonathan Taylor to come in and be immediately explosive. But having said that, I like Wisconsin's depth, and it all starts in the trenches, and that defensive line is so good. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, almost, I almost picked Minnesota, but 
but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't do it, but they're really close. I think even in my top 25, I have to go back and look. I think they're only separated by three or four spots in the top 25 poll uh, that I did. So they're very good. Very, very close. Minnesota. Um, I mean, listen, I don't think Tanner Morgan gets enough chatter for what he did last year. I thought he had like, almost like everybody, obviously, I mean, for good reason, should have been focused on Joe Burrow last year, but he had like a Joe Burrow type season in my, in my opinion, with the way he made that jump in his second year, he had two 1000 yard receivers. Of course he loses one with Tyler Johnson leaving or going to the NFL over Rashad Bateman returns. Um, a 1,300-yard receiver, their entire offensive line returns. And I'll say this. Um, I was covering Auburn at the time. Minnesota's offensive line manhandled Auburn's defensive line, which was considered one of the maybe top five, top ten defensive lines in the country with Derrick Brown there in the middle, a future first-round you know, pick in the top five. They manhandled them. I was impressed by Minnesota and the way they pushed Auburn around and their entire offensive line returns. Um, but here it is for me. The defense is going to need some work. Five of the top six tacklers are gone. And listen, Antoine Winfield Jr. was all world at safety. He's gone too. So I could see some uh, cracks in the armor defensively that's going to hurt Minnesota some. They're going to have to score a lot of points in some games this season to be able to contend for that West title. Interesting point. Yeah, you brought up you covered the bowl game. So that's you know, the physicality was on par with the SEC. And and these two will play in early October uh, in Wisconsin. So we won't have to wait yep. till late in the season, possibly to to have the Big Ten West game of the year. Um, Iowa's next for you, Brandon, Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois. Do any of these teams stand out as possible Big Ten West challengers to you. And then I do want to ask about Iowa and maybe what's going on there. And then yeah, I think Nebraska, like Scott Frost, is really hoping to have a better than fifth place <laughs> Big Ten West finish. Yeah, and, and if he doesn't, people are going to start wondering, of course, in Nebraska, a lot, a lot of people have a short fuse there, obviously, especially with what's happened over the last 10, 15 years. But much like the East, three through seven, well, I'll say three through six in the Big Tw- Big Ten West is a little bit too close to call for me. I, I've got Iowa third because they've just got so much returning talent. Um, Nate Stanley returns a quarterback. He might end up actually being the best quarterback in school history, at least statistically. The problem is he's just not winning all, as many games as they want. They got all their running backs back. The defensive line is really good with AJ. Uh, I I, th- I think that they're going to be pretty good defensively. I think they could be good offensively. It's got to be a little bit more consistent. And then even in the secondary, they're only losing one starter back there. So I look at experience in times like this when there hasn't been a lot of time to really deal with things. Obviously, and Iowa's got that. And obviously, Iowa's going through a lot of stuff off the field right now with the allegations surrounding uh, uh, strength coach, at least current strength coach, uh, Chris Doyle, who's uh, on administrative leave right now after he's uh, been accused of racism in his program and the way he handled players over the last 20 years or so. And there's some questions about uh, even the job security of Kirk Ferentz, the 20-year head coach there uh, in Hawkeye land. I, I – 
I think in a lot of ways, especially from what you're seeing, the reaction from players on social media, which, by the way, they're allowing them to tweet now. Imagine that, free speech. I think there's a lot of solidarity among that group. I think the team's going to kind of come together a little bit, and that can be dangerous, especially with as many veterans as they have returning in a, in a really, really good defensive line. Like I mentioned with Wisconsin, I think Iowa and Wisconsin got the two best defensive lines there in the West, if not the entire Big Ten. But um, I don't know. It could go one of two ways. But I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, at least from the players kind of coming together. But there's no mistaking that um, – one, I'm not even qualified enough to speak about what's happening off the field there. I, I mean, I think we just need to listen to what the former players and current players have to say. But uh, when you have that much distraction, things going on off the field, it's either going to bring the team together or there's going to be division in the locker room. So, But still, a lot of talent, so I've got them third. Northwestern was just horrible. They were terrible. Season. Just so bad. <laughs> and when when making the case for them to be better – you say, well, returning production, they've got a ton of it. Very few teams have more returning production, especially on offense. But the flip side of that is, well, you return most of the people from an offense that was right historically bad. But you would assume that gets a little bit better. They have a new offensive coordinator. They got a quarterback from Indiana, Peyton Ramsey. And, and Ramsey, Pat Fitzgerald, yeah. he sort of yo-yos like this. Like he'll, He would shock nobody if they won 8-9 to nine to I'm not going to say 10 games, but they could have a better season. Absolutely. than than people are going to think they would. Yeah, potentially. But I mean, you're, I mean, goodness, let's just go back to last year. They were terrible offensively. I mean, they could barely even crack 20 points if they were lucky to crack 20 points sometimes. Um, but as you said, they get a new quarterback and Peyton Ramsey um, threw for uh, 2,400 yards, 13 touchdowns with five picks. And here's the other thing. He can also run the ball. That'll help them. The, the issue, though, is, is how much, like you said, how much of an impact and improvement can you make year to year after being so bad? So I, I struggle with that, and that's why I've got them where I do. I, I just don't see them being able to crack kind of being in that, in that top half of the Big Ten immediately. But like you said, with, with Coach Fitzgerald, I mean – we kind of expect him to always have like an eight win team there. And after last season, it kind of throws some doubt into that whole situation. You're like, how do you actually bounce back after a year like that? The offensive line's fine. Defensive line is fine. We'll see. Um, it's all just fine. It's just, that's the thing. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's milk toast right now until we actually see them play a little bit, see if there's any changes. Um, to kind of take better advantage of the talent they have, I guess. Nebraska and Purdue are intriguing. Purdue gets back Rondale Moore. They've got another great receiver, David Bell. We'll see what happens. And then Nebraska, like last year, I got swept up in the Scott Frost. <laughs> no, I was thinking Nebraska's going to win the Big Ten West. Nebraska's may, might beat Ohio State when the Buckeyes come to Lincoln. That wasn't well, did, close. Did, did Scott Frost still hang a banner up after you uh, claimed that for them before the season? Oh, man. Like, his stock is in danger of falling a little bit here. I mean, I, it already has. So I'd be worried for them if in year three of this regime, if in year three of having a talented quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who was as a freshman, one of the best quarterbacks in the country, entered last season in the top five in Heisman odds and was just not good and efficient. Mm. 
you know, marred a little bit by injury. If he doesn't take a step forward too, I think Nebraska is going to have to do some soul searching. Not that they'd fire him. Sure. Not, not yet. Nebraska's offensive line. I thought they were bad last season. I just don't see it. And to me, the big, t- I mean, I'll listen, all these power five programs. I mean, it's all in the trenches, but Nebraska's offensive line just, I don't see that they've got it. They've got all five starters returning, which everybody will point to. Go, what are you talking about? Got all five stars returning. Yeah, but you also allowed the most tackles and sacks last season behind the tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Great. <laughs> I, I, I just do not. You ever watch a team? All right. You ever watch a team and you just go, they seem like they're playing a different game. That's what Nebraska reminded me of last season. Like they're just the guys don't have the juice or, or they're doing things it's differently. The juice. Or? I had some of it's the coaching. And um, what happened? Because at UCF, that was, I mean, you saw it in the Peach Bowl, right? I don't, I think, I think, hey, listen, this is just me talking. I think the players up there for whatever reason maybe haven't completely bought into everything. That makes sense. If you watch some of those games, you watch some of those games, it just doesn't seem like everybody's on the same page. And you couple that with, like I said, the offensive line, I thought was terrible last season and allowing all of the all the negative plays last season. And, I mean, sure, that, that definitely could improve. Um, I don't see how it could get worse with, you know, with all five stars returning. And if it does, that's crazy. But I just think that the teams above them are just a little bit better. Um, uh, when, I, when I say that, I mean Iowa and Northwestern, just a little bit better than them. All right, you've got Ohio State playing Wisconsin and Indianapolis yet again. Will it be close? Would it be close to go to the playoffs? No, no. I think at that point in the year, Ohio State's going to be rolling. If they can keep it together like they did last year under Ryan Day, as you mentioned, where it just seems like they've got something to prove, yeah. and I think they definitely will after the way last season ended. If they keep that together, man, Ohio State, um, they win They win the Big Ten next year, this year, excuse me. They're going to win the national championship when January runs around. I think um, so, too. I think they're I, on the warpath. Yeah, yeah I, 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 hey, Clemson's talented, but just little, little chinks in the armor here and there, and I, it makes you wonder. With Clemson, though, they'll run through the ACC, as we've talked about. But Ohio State, I think, is just the the best-built team at this point. And with the way they kind of get rolling down the hill like they did last season, they do that again this year. They're winning the natty. All right, Big Ten order finished, projected, and a little bit of a sneak peek for your January national title game in Miami. We got the Buckeyes winning that one, but we got a ways to go. Thanks to Brandon Marcello for joining us. That's going to do it for today's edition of the College Football Daily. Brandon, I think we got the Pac-12 coming Thursday, right? Pac-12? Pac-12, Pac-12 and uh, fans of USC are not going to be happy. Uh-oh, good teaser. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Old man. 
and winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.